Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the jazz session. I'm Jason Crane. The jazz session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. You'll find every episode of the show online at thejazzsession.com, and you'll also find it in iTunes. My guest today is drummer Chad Taylor, and to call him prolific or busy would be one of the greater understatements on this program. Chad, I think, is in all the bands there are. It's just I just did a quick count, and I think he's in every band. So uh, if you've got any jazz records, they've got Chad Taylor on them, and you probably uh, know his music even better than I do, since that's all you're able to listen to. But in any case, uh, here's one example of Chad. This is from his record uh, from last year, 2009, on 482 Music. Uh, the album, which is uh, a wonderful trio recording, is called Circle Down. And it opens this way with a tune called Box Step. My guest is Chad Taylor, composer, uh, drummer, and uh, certainly one of the most uh, in-demand players on his instrument uh, on the scene today. It's my pleasure to welcome Chad to the show. Thanks for being here, man. Well, thanks for having me. So, uh, I think you're on just about every record that came out in the last year, it seems like. It's great. Many of the records that I really loved from uh, the last several years seem to have you on it. And I, I wonder, are you constantly seeking out uh, new musical environments and situations to put yourself in? Uh, no, I don't think I seek them out. I think uh, I've been very fortunate in that um, musicians have, uh, musicians usually call me uh, to do projects and uh, to do sessions. 
So I'm very, yeah, I'm thankful about that. And are you, these days, do you divide your time between Chicago and New York? Or where are you based these days, Jeff? I'm, I'm based in New York, but a lot of stuff that I do does come out of Chicago, just because I have a lot of strong musical roots in Chicago. And would you say there's a, is there still a Chicago sound or a Chicago approach to improvising that differs from that in other places? Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe so. Um, it's a very, it's sort of hard to articulate, but it, it, it's a uh, uh, approach that was, I guess I would say was started with the AACM music that, that came from from that organization and has carried through to a lot of younger players um, that are playing today. And I'm definitely influenced by by the approach. So are you talking about, in terms of your influence, people like Don Moyer and, and folks like that? Sure. Don Moyer, Art Ensemble Chicago, um, Henry Threadgill, um, yeah, Ernest Dawkins, Fred Anderson, people like that. I wanted to uh, to talk about some of the different projects you're involved in. Uh, I really enjoyed the trio record that you put out called Circle Down on uh, on 482 Music. I wonder if you would you mention the other musicians uh, who are on that with you and just talk a little bit about that project and kind of the yeah, fo- focus. Yeah, sure. On. That's with, with Angelica Sanchez on the piano and Chris Lightcap on the bass. Um, I've known Chris for, wow, Probably ten, fifteen years, something like that. We uh, we met in music school, and uh, but we never really played together until uh, the Circle Down project. And Angie, I started playing with Angie a couple years ago with uh, Tony Malaby, and we just sort of had a strong connection. So I figured uh, it'd be a good idea to to do some playing with the both both of them, and, and that's sort of how Circle Down started. And was this a band that you had a chance to do some live shows with before the recording, or was it a band that, that came together in the studio? No, we, we did a, we did a, we probably uh, did four or five shows before we did the recording. And can you talk about the some of the compositions that are on the record? I know that uh, that everyone can contributed to the album. Um, is that something you, was that an in, intentional choice to kind of have uh, musical compositions from all of the players? Well, originally, when we first got together, it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't anybody's band. We we all liked each other's playing, and we just thought we'd play and see what happens. We all brought music to the table. And then, uh, after a while, um, we realized that someone needed to take the band over, or else it wasn't going to work. <laughs> and uh, Chris already has his own band, and Angie already has her own band. So I, I volunteered to uh, basically take the group over. The compositions, yeah, Chris. I think Chris writes, or Chris wrote the first couple of tunes on the record, and then there's some of Angie's tunes, and then my tunes are at the end. Um, I really love the way that Chris composes music. It's a lot like his bass playing. Um, there are a lot of um, African influences, and it's very uh, rhythmically independent, um, the way he approaches 
uh, his playing and his compositions. I really enjoy him. And Angie is a great composer as well. I saw Chris uh, play this summer uh, in a band. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it might have had. It might have been African diaspora. No, no, no. It had something about threads in it with Regina Carter. I can't remember the. Can't remember the name of the band. Anyway, it is Regina Carter's kind of new project that uh, okay. reexamines music from uh, many different African cultures. And uh, the point of all this is that Chris, several of Chris's compositions were featured in it, which I thought were among yeah. the standout things of the evening. I mean, he just seemed like he had a really a really brilliant grasp of a, of a wide range of music. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You mentioned earlier, uh, just a moment ago, talking about this trio, that someone needed to take it over for it to succeed. Can you just talk a little bit more about that? Uh, yeah, well, it's really hard, I think, to have a collective band, especially nowadays. I mean, there, there are a few of them out there, but um, it, 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 it's really a challenge. Um, and the reason why, I mean, there are a lot of reasons, uh, partly is just the way the uh, music industry works nowadays, is that if there's a, a band without a leader, it's a lot harder to, to get out there and, and, and really get, um, get, uh, good coverage on the music. Uh, also, it's just hard to make any sort of decisions when you have to make sure that everyone else agrees. You know, if you have a leader, you can say, okay, this is what's happening, this is what we're doing, you know, rather than getting everyone on the, you know, everyone agreeing or disagreeing, so. Uh, in most of the bands in which you're involved, is that the case that there's someone someone at the helm making those decisions? Uh, some, yeah, I mean, I've... I've I love the idea of a collective. Some I've actually <laughs> have tried and failed <laughs> to do collectives many times. Um, but uh, yeah, I, w- I would say that. Uh, well, I'm trying to think of that. Well, I had a collective with uh, Montana Roberts and uh, Josh Abrams called Sticks and Stones, and that that band's sort of on a hiatus now. 
Um, it'd be great if we could do another record, though. That'd be good. Yeah, that, that was a great band. And yeah. uh, that band operated collectively? Yeah. Yeah, that was a collective. Can you talk about uh, the Chicago underground? And, uh, you know, you never know what what grouping to put yeah. after the, the word underground, but recently it's been it's been duo gigs. Um, will you talk yeah. a little bit about, about that band and well, what it's up to these that's days? That's another one. That's, a, that, that's another collective. Um, that group uh, started in the in the uh, late nineties uh, with Rob Mazurk and Jeff Parker. They had these gigs and workshops at a club in Chicago called the Green Mill every Sunday, and they would just invite musicians, anyone that was invited to come down who wanted to bring in compositions and, and just play new music. So that eventually became Chicago Underground. And, uh, yeah, the last few records have been duo records, but there's also Chicago Underground Trio that made, uh, I think, four records. There's the Chicago Underground Quartet, and then there's the Quintet, which was called Chicago Underground Orchestra. Duo playing sounds like it would be incredibly challenging. Uh, it it is challenging, but it, it's also it's it's a lot easy easier in some ways too. Um, yeah, I mean the, the way the duo came about was that uh, basically one rehearsal, our bass player just didn't show up, <laughs> so <laughs> we we just decided, okay, well we might as well re- rehearse this material as a duo and uh the the music turned out you know to be great um i mean it wasn't i'm not saying that it was better than having a trio but it was just different and there's a lot more freedom that we had without having uh, a bass player there too but yeah so i guess it, it's both it's it's uh more challenging in some ways and it, it's easier in some ways too
find that your approach to playing the drums or the the kind of rhythmic and, and musical knowledge that you draw on, does it change in the different situations that you're in? Or do you kind of remain constant even as the situations shift around you? No, I, 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 I tend to, to um, think that every musical situation is different. And so as a, a, a drummer, I'm always trying to figure out what my role is in the uh, in the situation and when you uh, when you're composing music uh, for any of the groups that that you're involved in uh, are you what are you just writing kind of uh, in your head and onto staff paper or using piano or some other instrument to, to compose on uh, I mostly use guitar I was originally a guitarist so I feel really comfortable um, composing on guitar although the, lat, the, the, the first time I composed on the piano was when I did the Circle Down record. So I'm, I'm trying to get away from the guitar. Why is that? Um, it's sort of become a clutch, I think. I, I feel like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, hearing, I'm hearing and writing some of the same things. I sort of gotten myself in a hole. So uh, with the piano, it's sort of opened up a bit more. This interview could really just be a list of all the things you're doing, but another project of yours that uh, has produced a couple of my favorite records of the last several years is the the Digital Primitives Band. Um, will you talk a little bit about that band, how it how it came to be, and and what particular joys there are from from playing in it? Yeah, well, that that is a band with Cooper Moore and Asif Tahar, and uh, I first started working with Cooper Moore in a band called. Cryptic Myth with Tom Abs, and uh, that was another collective. <laughs> um, and that band, well, I think we, we did a record for Um Fidelity called The Beautiful, and um, that band um, broke up. And later, uh, Cooper Moore approached me about playing with a thief. Now, I, I knew a thief for, for years and years, but I'd never really done much playing with him. But when we got together, the music sounded really natural and and things really clicked. And so that's how Digital Primitives was formed. And actually, before uh, before I joined the band, a thief and Cooper Moore were playing duo quite a bit. Um, and I think they also made a record with Hamid Drake. So after... Uh, after that record is when I joined. Digital Primitives seems like an, an intensely rhythmic band. I mean, between the, the diddly bow and various other invented instruments of, of Cooper Moore uh, and you, and even often Asif's playing, it just seems like a band that is really rooted uh, in rhythm. Is that uh, is that an accurate reading of it? Yeah, yeah, I, I would I would think so. And and the other thing of the band is, uh, um, well, I, I think what we try to do is play um, folk music, you know, music that really people can can relate to, um, but do it in in our own personal way. Yeah, it's it's really challenging. That's for the. Sort of what we try to do. 
how are you, how are you defining folk music in that? Uh, well, I, I I sort of folk or roots music, however you want to call it. Um, uh, I guess when I say folk music, more I just mean uh, music that people can relate to. Um, uh, not that people can't relate to jazz, I guess. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, we, we play music with a lot of, um, backbeats. We play music with, uh, really simple harmonies. Um, you know, almost, almost, uh, uh, what would you call it? Like American roots music. And you just described that as challenging. What what provides the challenge? Um, the challenge of that is that it's very. There's a lot of simplicity in it, but sometimes it's, it's playing very simple. That's very hard to do. You know, because as, as a jazz musician, you you know you you learn to build up all this technique and be able to you know to play all these different things. But when you strip it down and then you're just playing, you know, over a basic, you know, two chord measure form, then it's, it, that can be challenging. And so do you find that you have to, you have to kind of strip down uh, your, your drumming as well to fit in with that? Yeah. Sometimes you strip it down and also you just have to, you just, you, you have to think more creatively about, about, uh, your approach. Because a lot of times, you know, if you have a form that's very complicated and, and uh, you know, different rhythmic um, things happening, you're letting the form itself of the tune, you know, the, the, the form is sort of becomes what the music is. And if you just have a, a very simple tune, you have to do more things to... Uh, get the music across. I don't know if that makes sense at all. Yeah, no, no, it definitely does. Okay. And how do, uh, I've actually, Cooper Moore's been on this show uh, fairly recently, actually. I interviewed him last summer, and uh, I asked him this question, but I'll ask you too. Just how, What kind yeah. of folks come to digital primitive shows, and um, and how do they react to the music? Well, people who come to digital primitive shows really enjoy it, I find. But we usually get people we don't get a lot of um, music students. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> um, well said, sir. <laughs> we, get, we get a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people just come out for curiosity just to see what, what the band is. And we get, um, yeah, I don't know, just, just uh, regular folks who come out and, and uh, hopefully we win them over. We haven't really done that much playing in the States. Most of the, the gigs we do have been uh, in Europe. And you're going to be heading over there again uh, in March, is that right? Yeah, we'll be over there in March.
what are some other things that you've got uh, coming up, Chad? I know you've got a, a bunch of things in the works. Yeah, I got a, there's a new project I'm doing with Ken Vandermark that I'm excited about. It's a trio with um, a great pianist. He's living in Berlin now, but I think he, uh, he was uh, born and raised in Norway, named Halvard. Halvard Week, I think is how you say his last name. He's in the band Atomic. Oh, right, okay. And Yeah, so we're in a, a, a trio project. Um, in the fall. The record I did with uh, Nicole Mitchell and Craig Taborn and uh, David Boykins that is, I don't I think it's coming out in the next couple of months for the for the Rogue Art label and uh, hopefully we'll be doing some more gigs. Is uh, is Craig a Chicago guy? I know Nicole and uh, and David are obviously but uh, is that where Craig's from? No, he's a, he's a Detroit he's a Detroit guy. Okay. Are you on the road a lot of the time, Chad, these days? Probably six, six or seven months out of the year. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's better than the alternative, but what is that life, uh, what's that life like? Um, it's a lot of time in airports. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of airport time. Um, yeah, it, it, it's not easy. To, it's, it's a lot of work. The, the, the easy part is playing, obviously. But it's all, it's all the waiting around and, and getting from place to place that um, is, is a lot of work. But, um, you know, that's, that's what I do. Do you find that uh, it seems like it's fairly easy to get music out there these days? There's so many, you know, kind of online channels uh, to reach people with music. Do you find uh, that it's easier to get, to get folks to be able to hear your music? In this day and age? Uh, well, it, 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 I guess it's easier it's easier in some ways and harder in, the, in others. I mean, the, the problem is that there's so much music out there now. It's so easy, like you said, to get get a record out that, you know, it, it's hard to make your music stand out. And I think a new thing that's happening now is that musicians are starting their own record labels. I know a bunch of friends who are getting ready to start their, their own labels this year. And it's going to be interesting to see how that sort of affects things, too. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, in some ways it is easier just because now you, you don't you don't really have to to pay a lot of money to, to get music out, you know, record out, and then there are all these sites where the record is there for free. So, you know, and I don't, I don't necessarily think that hurts record sales because a lot of times what happens is people hear the music for free and they're like, okay, I want to pick up the record. But, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting time now for the uh, music industry. What, what makes playing this music enjoyable for you? What is it about it that, that makes it worth all the time in the airports and everything? It's, it's the reaction that, that you, you get from people. I mean, it's, it's, it's basically the same reason I started playing music, you know. It's, for me, it's always been a very, uh, music has always been a very emotional thing. And, and, it, and I just remember the first time hearing Miles or, or Train or, or whoever, just the emotional impact that's had and also going to live shows 
and 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 hearing you know Fred Anderson or um, U-Haul or whoever play live that the emotional impact that 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 has 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 really always stayed with me and and the joy comes when you you can get you know when people come up to you and they uh, they have a similar sort of impact from the music you play I mean that's that's why I do it. My guest is Chad Taylor. Uh, he's on a million records, uh, including last year's Circle Down on 482 Music. Uh, Chad, it's it's such a pleasure to listen to you play, and it's been uh, great to talk with you. I'm really glad you came on the show, and I uh, hope you come back. Thanks a lot, Jason. Thanks for having me. That's Chad Taylor from his album Circle Down. You've been listening to The Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. This show is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of The Jazz Session is also available for free anytime you want it at TheJazzSession.com and in iTunes. At TheJazzSession.com, you'll also find a mailing list... You can uh, just click on the mailing list link and sign up. You'll also find a link to the Facebook group, or you can just type the Jazz Session into the Facebook search box. Please sign up for one or the other of those, but probably not both, and you'll get an email in either your Facebook inbox or your email inbox each Monday morning telling you who's on the show for the next two weeks and giving you some other interesting links. You can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash Jason D. Crane. You can also install the All About Jazz jazz session widget 
on your website. If you go to allaboutjazz.com and scroll to the bottom of any page, you'll find the Jazz Session box there. And just click on it, and you'll see the instructions to get the code for the widget. And if you put the widget up on your site, please send me an email at uh, jason at thejazzsession.com, and I will feature your website in my newsletter. Thanks to the Respect Sextet for providing the opening and closing theme. They are performing all over the place these days, and you can find out where they'll be and then go see them by visiting respectsextet.com. Thanks also to Dave Vrabel. Dave designed the logo for the jazz session. Thanks to you for listening. I encourage you to support live jazz whenever and wherever you can. And then come back next time for another conversation about jazz on the Jazz Session. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.